Broadcasting live to the world now. It's Sheila Zelensky. This is a very sinister Luciferian eugenics plan. These spineless weasels preach what people want to hear. They replace repentance with dreams of the good life. Mindless minions. Dying daily, taking up your cross, suffering and sacrificing have been superseded with name it and claim it. as dark as I know it looks out there the good news is that God is advancing his kingdom and it's very exciting to be a part of his great commission it's Sheila Zelensky Zelensky Show, the only show to give you the truth behind the headlines, prophecy, and the deeper things of God. Now, here is your host, end time watchwoman, Sheila Zelensky. Hello, listeners, and welcome to this Thursday edition, April 2nd, 2015. Wow, April already. Folks, I've been getting a litany of emails about how we can support Kent Hovind and an update on how the legal defense is coming along. I talked to Stuart Rhodes from Oath Keepers last week, and he was going to be sending an e-alert out. And folks, we only have 47 days until the trial on May 18th, so we need to get mobilized here. So to talk about what we can do and the latest updates in the case is Rudy Davis, the Kent Hovind advocate who was on the program during Kent's trial, and joining him, Pastor Wiley Drake, the outspoken California Baptist minister with a popular show. He was, as you know, the vice presidential candidate for the Independent Party in California in 2008, and it is a pleasure to have you both on the broadcast. Pastor Drake and Mr. Davis, welcome to the program, gentlemen. Well, thank Thank you you so much for having us on, and you're right, I was a candidate in 2008. In fact, I was a candidate in that same election with Chuck Baldwin, and you were asking about Chuck a little while ago, the Black Regiment. I am a member of the Black Regiment that Chuck Baldwin started, and I just heard an email report from him. He's very supportive and very much behind uh, Kent Hovind, and uh, we praise God for that. We praise God for all the uh, people that are coming on board, the Christian brothers and sisters that are starting to recognize the injustice that's been done uh, in this egregious religious and political persecution that's being done to Ken Hovind. And uh, there's many of us that God has put a burden in our heart. We want to see Ken Hovind freed from his bonds. Amen. Well, one of the things I said, of course, I've been getting a, just a plethora of inquiries about what people can do at this point. I know a lot of my listeners have sent letters to Congress, letters to Judge Casey Rogers in care of Kent's lawyer, where do things sit at the moment? And give listeners an update here, both Rudy and Pastor Drake, on what is happening right now. And as we approach May 18th, what needs to be done? Well, I can take a shot at that. Uh, We praise God for Pastor Wally Drake and many other pastors that came on board as well. And thank God for them. Uh, Pastor Wally Drake has been an avid supporter of Pastor Ken Ovind, and he's visited him in prison. 
And uh, we, we encourage people, if you're in the local area, to find call the Santa Rosa County Jail, write Ken Hovind a letter. You know, um, he'll respond to you back, as well as go find his visitation hours and go visit him. Uh, like you said, Sheila, we have 47 days until May the 18th, assuming they don't move the date around like they've done so many times in the past. And uh, we want to flood that courthouse with uh, Christian brothers and sisters and just put the Spirit of God in that courthouse because uh, it just makes a difference when that courthouse is filled up and support uh, people of support of Ken Hovind. Believe it or not, the, the prosecution is attempting to put Ken Hovind in jail for the rest of his life or in prison for the rest of his life for simply mailing a letter. It's called a Liz Pendence. The, the, the devil always has a fancy word for his special things that he tries to do, but it's just simply mailing a letter. And uh, we don't believe Ken Hovind was even guilty of the original charges that they brought against him in 2007. But in regards to your question, Sheila, about what people can do, Ken Hovind has asked people to make noise and shine light to basically bring awareness to his case. We believe this issue is bigger than Ken Hovind. Ken Hovind's main focus has always been to win souls for the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But on the website, freekenthoven.com, if people would go there, freekenthoven.com, there's a, there's a button that's called Free Kent. And underneath that is Kent Hovind's prison mail address. Uh, there's also ways you can set up to a collect account to have Kent Hovind call you on the phone. There's, there's brochures that's been made up. Uh, and it's just getting very, very big, Sheila. So there's a list of things. And just like Gideon's Army, Ken Hovind has asked people to make noise and shine light. And Ken Hovind has always wanted full disclosure. He has nothing to hide. He's always maintained his innocence throughout this whole ordeal. And he wants people to educate themselves just as fully as they can about this case so that uh, people can see what's uh, going on. And he has nothing to hide whatsoever. Weigh in on that, Pastor Drake. Yeah, I would just like to say amen to what Rudy said and, and, and to agree with that we do need to do everything we can do. And one of the things that we have done at the Congressional Prayer Conference is that every day, every day at 12 noon, we open a thing called the Upper Room Prayer Time, and people can call in and pray. Yes, we need to write letters. Yes, we need to make donations. Yes, we need to do all of this. But the Bible says, if my people will call by my name, will humble themselves and pray. And so I would like to encourage everybody every day at 12 noon D.C. time, 12 noon to call in on the upper room prayer meeting. That phone number is 712-432-1690. And the access code is 399-430-POUND. And if you call that number any time during that hour, that's an upper room prayer meeting. When the disciples were hiding, running from the law, running from the IRS in those days, running from everyone, they were locked in a room and they were fearful that they were going to be arrested. They were locked in their room And all of a sudden, even though the doors were not unlocked, Jesus appeared to them. He came through the walls into the upper room, and there's where he taught them what to do about their circumstances. And the first thing he said was, pray, P-R-A-Y. And that was the upper room experience. And we have an upper room, upstairs, upper room, here on the West Coast, not too far from the happiest place on the earth, Disneyland, and about 15 miles from Hollywood, and we want people to call in and pray. And uh, that phone number again is 712-432-1690. 
access code 399430-POUND. We're not going to ask you for money. We're not going to ask you for your name, your address. All we want you to do is come into the upper room prayer time at 12 noon, Washington, D.C. time. So that's another thing people can do. It's time to step up, make some noise. It's time to really get in action mode here because, let's face it, you can't sit around singing Kumbaya here while Rome burns around us. This is applicable to all of us. I think about Romans 8.28, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. I don't think I've ever seen any more of a case of such flagrant, absolute, incredible mis use of justice here. Would you agree with that, Pastor Drake? Yes, I agree with that. A very terrible injustice has been done uh, to the fact that it is uh, rampant throughout all of our system. I was afraid I was not going to be able to get on this show today because I had two FBI agents, and i got to be careful of what I say here because they may be back, but I had two FBI agents in my office just prior to this show. And they told me that I can't say anything about what we talked about, but everybody knows what they're up to, and uh, we are indeed in a severe battle here. And as I said less than uh, 20 minutes ago, about 25 minutes ago, I finally said, folks, I need to go. I've got another appointment. And they finally saddled up and wailed out of here. Two FBI agents from the Los Angeles FBI headquarters here on the West Coast paying us a visit. Well, it's incredible to me. I mean, you're a pastor, you're a Baptist minister. Let's face it, the American empire was established and built as a constitutional republic under God. But why is it crickets chirping in the pulpit, Wiley? Well, we in the United States of America have a birth certificate. Contrary to what a.k.a. Barack Hussein Obama has or does not have, But this nation was founded with the Mayflower Compact. It has three points in our birth certificate. One, for the glory of God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, not Allah. Number two, for the advancement of the Christian faith. And number three, for the establishment of a righteous body politic. And the body politic is certainly not very righteous. And the preachers are running scared. They're afraid of their 501c3s. They're afraid of the FBI calling on them. People have told me I'm not going to get involved because Wiley gets involved and the IRS show up, and Wiley gets involved and the FBI shows up. Well, come on down, fellas. We'll tell you about how to go to heaven with Jesus rather than go to hell with the devil. Amen. Well, I would like to think it was built as a constitutional republic, but now it only remotely seems to resemble a fraction of even a shadow of what it was. The vast majority of Americans, prophets, preachers, pastors, evangelists, the true Bible preaching, you know, these thundering Bible preachers that preach the uncompromised word of God, they're absolutely in the employ of the government now. And a host of them are receiving federal tax dollars directly from the federal government in the form of a faith-based initiative money. And do you think for one minute that pastors are going to say a peep in protest about unlawful, unconstitutional conduct that's routinely running roughshod over its citizens? Not a chance. Well, that's why it's so easy for me to do it, because I never took any of their money. 
One of the exciting things, and I'm very pleased to hear about this, and maybe, Rudy, you can give us an update on where things sit with that, but I know there's a legal defense fund that Dave Daubenmeyer has set up now through Pass the Salt. This is crucial because time, you know, the clock is ticking. It's crucial that we absolutely donate to this. How can people donate to this legal defense fund, Rudy? You know, uh, thank you, Sheila, for asking that. Uh, as you know, uh, Pastor Ken Hovind has been the first round. Uh, he had a, an attorney that they spent over $150,000 on, and I won't list him by name, but that attorney recommended to Pastor Ken Hovind during his first round in 2007 not to put on any defense at all after they spent $150,000 with this man, and Ken Hovind got sentenced to prison for 10 years. The second round, we had a hung jury, and we give God the praise for that because 95% of the time when a case goes to federal court, the government wins the case. And so we had a hung jury on three of the four counts and one count, criminal contempt of court. Ken Hovind's best friend, Ernie Land, who is his law counselor, feels certain that it will not, uphold, it will not uh, hold up on appeal. So it was a very good outcome, actually, given the odds uh, on the, the latest trial that we just had in March. Coach Dave Daubenmeyer has stepped in, and we praise God for Coach Dave Daubenmeyer, and started a Christian legal defense fund in hopes that we will find a bulldog Christian attorney to really, uh, you know, bring a, a kind of a next-level approach for this new trial upcoming in May the 18th. And we got to realize that Kent's enemies, the prosecution, IRS special agent, even the judge, they have it out for Kent. And for people that have paid very closely close attention to this particular judge, her statements about Kent being worse than a rapist, her statement about uh, Kent Hovind being the leader and organizer of an extensive criminal operation, that phrase that Kent is the leader and organizer of an extensive criminal operation is actually documented in the trial transcripts. So given the situation that Kent is up against in May the 18th, we praise God for Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer. And to answer your question, I would ask that people that feel interested in contributing to that, but if they could reach out to Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer at P.T. Salt, it's Past Assault Ministries, ptsalt at gmail.com, and uh, reach out to him, and I'm sure that he'll have the, the web links, uh, the web uh, sites and the web links for people to donate, and the goal is to uh, ensure that Ken Hovind has the best legal representation possible. Uh, I know Pastor Wally Drake uh, has offered his services as spokesperson for that effort, and we praise God that people are stepping up to make sure that uh, Pastor Ken Hovind is represented in the best possible way. And folks, I've got the Legal Defense Fund link there at WeekendVigilante.com. It's there on today's show. And I really encourage people to donate to that because we have, again, less than 47 days to really get mobile. Now, you mentioned the IRS. It's funny that the IRS is so concerned about money, Rudy, because this hung jury, they're bringing it back to trial. How much taxpayers money is now going to this whole thing to bring this back to the court. I mean, it's so outrageous. It, it's outrageous what's going on. You know, uh, they made a big deal in, in the last trial that Kent sent, I forget the amount of money, but it was less than $10,000 from one of his ministry's funds. But the bottom line is that the government has spent anywhere from three hundred dollars to $500,000 to bring charges against Kent Hovind. There's no way that they're ever going to recoup this money. This is a flagrant case of persecution on Ken Hovind because they hate what he stands for. They hate that he's not compromising. They hate the truth that he speaks, and he is a dangerous man because 
When he gets out, he has a following, and he always gives glory to the Lord Jesus Christ, and he always speaks the truth. That's, that's one of his faults, is that when you ask the man what he thinks about something, he'll tell you what he thinks, regardless if it's popular, regardless if it sends him to prison. And so we love the man for that. He's one of the uh, true men that would have actually signed the Declaration of Independence. And so uh, along the lines of uh, Pastor Wally Drake on the phone, and we give God the praise for men that we still have men in this country that do not bow the knee to Baal, but the government has spent anywhere from 300000 to $500,000 to bring new charges against Ken Hovind. And I'm going to say this, and I hope your audience understands what I'm about to say, because it sounds so absurd that they're going to say this guy just sounds crazy. But they're, they're looking to put Ken Hovind in prison for the rest of his life. And I'm going to say these words, and I hope it sinks in people's mind, for mailing a letter. For mailing a letter, they want to put him in prison for the rest of his life. It's called a Liz Pendence, which simply says... When you buy this piece of property, be aware there's pending litigation. And it's, all, it's a fight over dinosaur adventure land. The government thinks it's theirs. Ken Hovind thinks that it's the ministries. And so there's this colossal battle of wills about who this uh, land belongs to. And uh, Ken Hovind will not compromise and, uh, and compromise to this evil, wicked system. And uh, I could go into structuring laws as well, which is just another absurd charge they brought against the man. But I do ask that people educate themselves about this whole situation, and the more they educate themselves, and the more they educate themselves about the charges, the judge, the prosecutor, the IRS special agent, Ken Hovind wrote a book exposing the prison industrial complex, it will blow your mind the facets of corruption and just egregious flagrant persecution, and, uh, and Ken Hovind wants this to be used to bring glory to God and to expose and to shine light in many dark places. Well, you know, I was thinking about Clive and Bundy here earlier, Pastor Drake, because it's a growing visceral example of the federal government running roughshod over its citizenry. It really reminded me of that because, you know, you saw the showdown at the Bundy Ranch where the BLM minions were there lock, stock and barrel having sniper rifles pointed on people and... I think Kent can now understand how the Old Testament prophets of Israel felt and how they basically felt all alone. Their messages were not popular, to say the least, but many of them faced persecution, not only the ire and the condemnation of the citizens of their country, but also the abuse and persecution of the government. Now, the persecution of the Christians in this nation is one thing, but Pastor Wiley, why do you think that it is so... Again, people are just shoulder-shrugging while this goes on. Well, it's simply because what Kent Hovind is teaching and what I teach and what Rudy teaches and others teach is the fact that a personal relationship with Jesus is necessary to go to heaven. The rest of the world don't, don't like that. They want to have some other way and some other reason for doing things. And that's why they're so upset with what is being taught. And uh, that's why we must continue to fight, because it's a matter of life and death. It's a matter, matter of eternal life, and it's a matter of death uh, to the kingdom here on this world that we live in. And so, uh, you know, we saw the thing down at uh, Clive and Bundy's ranch, the same kind of thing. Uh, the BLM showed up there with sidearms and, and uh, machine guns, and they're not allowed to do That's against the law. They're not even supposed to be carrying a weapon. And, uh, and they had badges, and uh, they even said that the only reason that that thing didn't get out of hand is because they said 
that uh, we indeed uh, had more guns than they did. And uh, we've got to stand and fight. And that's what we've got to do. Well, one of the most incredible things is I cannot believe that the IRS finally admits and will enforce policing churches and imprisoning what they deem as political dissidents. I mean, this sounds like Hitler's SS de Scopo in Nazi Germany, doesn't it? Well, it is absolutely very Hitlerian, and I've been criticized for using that term, because when the government says, you've got to pay us, and if you don't pay us, we're going to come after you, and we're going to spend taxpayers' money, it's very Hitlerian. Exactly what Hitler did is exactly what Obama and his minions are doing uh, from the White House and from the IRS and from the FBI and the other uh, alphabet soup agencies that are coming after us. And they're doing it, as you said, uh, very much akin to what uh, the uh, prophets of old had to go through. And uh, we're there. It's war. Well, Rudy, one of the things I was stunned is that a federal judge can get away with altering court transcripts. IRS can, Lois Lerner can plead the fifth on everything. I mean, it is just so egregious that, you know, we've got Al Sharpton, the phony pastor walking around, and how much back taxes does he owe? All these egregious things going on, and yet a man of God is just completely persecuted. And I have to agree with Pastor Wiley on the comment about Hitlerian, I really think that we are morphing into the Fourth Reich here. No, you're absolutely right, Sheila. The, the people like Wally Drake and men like uh, Pastor Ken Hovind, they, they preach a message of no compromise. Do not bow the knee to Baal. And, you know, that the Bible is, is the Word of God, right? And people are scared to death of that. They want to maintain one foot in the world and compromise and serve the system, and uh, and yet they want to claim to be Christians as well. And uh, there's just comes a certain point in time where you have to you have to say I'm not going to compromise anymore and I, I'm going to live my life to please God more than to please men. You know it's just it's just absolutely absurd. Going going back to what you said about Lois Lerner and the IRS, and you know there was an article just put out I think it was in February where the IRS apologized for misapplying structuring laws to law-abiding citizens and that structuring was never intended to be applied to Baptist ministers. It was intended for drug dealers. Three words that are very uh, that should be known in the Ken Hovind case. One of them is structuring, and that's just a fancy, devilish word for withdrawing your own money from your own bank. There's another word called uh, Liz Pendants, which means I'm mailing a letter to let people know there's pending litigation. And there's another fancy word called obstruction, and they they claim that Ken Hovind said a prayer on a radio. And so, I think people what people got to realize is that. Real men of God, they believe the Bible is the Word of God. They live their lives in order to please God, not to please men, and they don't quite understand men like Pastor Ken Hovind or men like Pastor Wally Drake because Pastor Wally Drake just received a letter from the IRS saying he owes $51,000. came shortly after he supported Pastor Ken Hovind. I don't think Pastor Wally Drake is in the least bit worried or scared or fearful that he's got this letter. Most people would be shaking in their boots, like, I've got a letter from the IRS that owes $51,000. I think Pastor Wally Drake is not fearful about that at all. We praise God that Pastor Wally Drake says what he means, means what he says, and still uh, will speak the truth, regardless of what the IRS says or does. And uh, there's some of us that will not bow the knee to bail, and we're not going to be threatened or intimidated by this IRS Gestapo whatsoever. Well, Charles Finney, the famed 19th century revivalist, he said 
and I think this is interesting, if Satan rules in our halls of legislation in our courts, the pulpit is responsible for it. And if our politics become so corrupt that the very foundations of government are ready to fall away, the pulpit is responsible for it. And I really think that today's pastors, churches, and religious leadership have been shamefully silent on a fervent all-out war in Christianity. I mean, think about the widespread persecution of Christians worldwide, along with the extirpation of true Christian values. I mean, it is grotesquely sickening. And let's face it, the land of the free is its being pillaged and plundered. The once home of the brave is spiraling out of control towards a crash-and-burn scenario. And yet, the D.C. miscreant are selling us out faster than Al Sharpton can spell racism. And yet, the pulpit does nothing. What is happening in this country, Rudy? Yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I thought about it, and um, I think we've gotten away from the Word of God. I think, I think we've got to get back to the Word of God, and we've got to, like, when we pick up that Bible, we've got to treat it with the respect that it deserves. I know Pastor Wally Drake probably has a better insight to this question than I do. I think the world has gotten so money-motivated. They, they don't even recognize a man when his motives are pure, like Pastor Ken Hovind. When, when the world looks at him, they can't even recognize him. If you, if you don't look at Pastor Ken Hovind through a world—I mean, through a, a biblical perspective, through a godly perspective—when I sat in that courtroom and I listened to the prosecution's closing argument, her name is Tiffany Hope Eggers, and she called Pastor Ken Hovind was motivated by greed. Everything that he does is motivated by greed because he's trying to get the ministry's property of Dinosaur Adventureland back. I'm like, if if you don't. If, if when you watch Dr. Ken Hovind's Creation Science Evangelism videos, and when you listen to him talk about preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus, and when you view Pastor Ken Hovind, if you don't have a biblical framework that lets you have the Holy Spirit witness to you about what Pastor Ken Hovind is all about, you might actually believe Tiffany Hope Eggers, the prosecutor, that Pastor Ken Hovind is motivated by greed because you don't have any reference. And we need to get back to our standard that God has given us, which is the Word of God. When I hold that Word of God, I, I try to give it the respect that it deserves, and it needs to it needs to give me the guidance as I go forward in life. But while the churches aren't doing anything more, I would say we need to get back to the Word of God. Pastor Wally Drake, you may have some additional thoughts. I know you're a lot more deeper into this than I am, sir. Well, brother, it always goes back to that same old verse that a lot of people quote a lot, but they don't really stick with it, and that's Second Chronicles seven fourteen. Second Chronicles was a time very akin to what we're in right today. The People of God were being arrested. The people of God were being harassed. And it was a very Hitlerian time for them. And God said to them, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then he said, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. And that's what we've got to have. We've got to have some pastors and some people in the pulpit with a little bit of backbone rather than so much makeup and so much fluff, they've got to get some backbone and stand up against the government. Back in 2008, when I was running, I also endorsed Mike Huckabee. And uh, the IRS came after me, and I told them, take a hike. They thought it was terrible. Well, the bottom line is we've got to have some preachers that are willing to stand up and pay the price. 
I agree, Pastor Drake. And I always say on my broadcast, where is the church in all of this? Where is the church being while these hedonistic hucksters usurp all our rights? Where are they in the right of self-defense or the right to own property or the right of privacy and security in our own homes? Where are the pastors when it comes to self-determination and personal liberty, which were all built on moral and fundamental tenet of biblical law? They're too busy churning out politically correct, let's not offend anyone, light and fluffy motivational speeches to their dumbed and numb congregations. And you you would think that Christians by the million would be in a fervent uproar descending upon their leaders like a swarm of mad locusts, but where are they? And while the world goes to hell in a handbasket, these, uh, you know, Colgate smiling mega preachers or telepickpocketists, I mean, they're just all about decadent degeneracy. It's all about, you know, the name it and claim it and God is just some skybound wish-granting bellhop. I mean, how much more moral decline does it take for the church to grab, as you just nailed it, Pastor Drake, a backbone? Well, you're absolutely right, and I am glad to see that there are, in spite of the fact that I would agree with you that it seems to be that so many people are just not doing anything, but we are seeing now the social media. We're seeing Facebook, for example, with the organization called Seeking Justice Resource page, and that is where people can go on their Facebook and go to that page. Just put in Seeking Justice Resource page and find out uh, how to go to Pass Assault and to uh, Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer. Dave Dobbenmeyer was a man that uh, was a coach and wanted to pray with his team, and they said no, and they tried to put him in jail. And we had this structuring that Rudy talked about, They called it RICO Act, and that happened back in Chicago when Joseph Scheidler was serving the Lord and and going after Planned Parenthood, and they set him up the same way they did Ken Hovind. And uh, so they go on and on, and they go after these pastors. And uh, But we need some people that will go to their pastor and say, Pastor, what do we do? How do we help? And one way, of course, is to... We turn around, we talk while I go a little bit about the money part of it. And the money part is the government's got plenty of money. You and I have given them all their money. They've got plenty of money to fight this legal battle, and we need to fight back. And it's going to cost us not only uh, money, but it's going to cost us time and talent and treasure and so forth. So we need to continue to fight this fight. And I believe uh, if we'll continue to fight, God will hear us, and God will help us win this fight. Amen. Well, a lawyer that I phoned, Rudy and Wiley, in Florida said, quote, touching this case would be career suicide. Why is it that anybody that gets involved with Kent Hovind suddenly has the IRS coming down on them or some other issues? Don't you find that fascinating? Well, I find it fascinating, but I also find it uh, the fact that, you know, you know when you're at war and when you're shooting at the enemy, they're going to shoot back. And when the enemy comes after you, just like today, why did two FBI agents show up at my church today? Well, because we're being hacked, tracked, and attacked, and Big Brother's watching us. That's right. You know you're over. You know that you're over the target when you're taking flag. And when when anybody gets associated with Ken Hovind, they're over the target. This is not only an important issue to the kingdom of God, to to the Christian folks, 
But this is an important issue to the enemy side. The enemy side knows how important this Ken Hovind situation is, and if they can do this to Ken Hovind, they can do this to anybody. And they're, you know, Ken Hovind calls his case radioactive, and it is because uh, it is an important issue to both sides, and this is the stake in the ground, the line in the sand, and uh, people need to step up, and we can't let the devil take this ground. We've got to stand up with a backbone and say enough is enough. He spent eight years in prison. There's no. This is a victimless crime. Nobody lost any money. The government didn't even lose any money. And uh, he, he's not even guilty of the original charges, but we dang sure ain't going to let you bring new charges against him. Eight years, 101 months is enough. Let's let the man go and let him be reunited with his family. But... Uh, they're going to fight against it, and there, there's 7,000 men that were mentioned in the Bible that did not bow the knee to Baal, and I believe they've awoken a Tyrannosaurus Rex in this situation. There are many, many people waking up to this situation because of your help, Sheila, because of Pastor Wally Drake, Coach Dave Dobbenmeyer, and many, many others. And uh, I think this next trial, uh, they're going to see something of the likes they've never seen. The Lord God Almighty is using this, and uh, I really believe that this is going to be a line in the sand, and, and we will not let our brothers rest, you know, spend another day in prison without us uh, just yelling and screaming to the top of our lungs. We're not going to, we're not going to stand for it anymore. Well, Amen. speaking of his trial, Rudy, why was he not released at least until his trial? Well, he was supposed to go home in February of this year for home confinement, but of course they brought these new charges against him. Uh, when you speak to Ken about this issue just recently, just in the past couple of days, he said everybody's pointing fingers at everybody else. The Bureau of Prison is pointing fingers at the judge, and the judge is pointing fingers at the U.S. Marshal, and the U.S. Marshal doesn't know what's going on. So it's just a bureaucratic red tape. The public defender is even confused by it. The public defender's name is Thomas S. Keith, and uh, we've tried to communicate to Thomas S. Keith to see if anything can be done to let Ken Hovind go home on bond, uh, an order from the judge, which I think, you know, this judge, I could just, oh my goodness, I, I don't, I, that judge is just incredible. Her name is Judge Margaret Casey Rogers, but I don't think she's going to do anything positive for Ken Hovind. I think that orders are coming down even higher than her to keep Ken Hovind in prison. But the bottom line is we're doing everything we can, uh, but unfortunately the system is such a mess, uh, we need help. We need people to write their congressman, write the governor, write Jeff Miller, the Florida state representative. Uh, we need pressure put on the, our representatives to let Ken Hovind go home, to be reunited with his family until his new trial. Uh, but I, I can't. I wish that I knew an, a, 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 you know, just a simple answer. But the last I heard from Ken Hovind, everybody's pointing fingers at everybody else, and we don't know why he can't go home. Well, or it sounds like they couldn't organize a picnic, but they sure have their ducks in a row when it comes to keeping him in prison. And all all of a sudden, they have a fast trial. May 18th. I mean, they said the courts were jammed up. That seems very interesting, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And another interesting tidbit of information, uh, Sheila, is that courthouse that we just held the trial at in the, in, in the last couple of weeks um, in March, there was a lady standing outside that courthouse. Her name is Julie, and she held up a sign. She was one of many, many protesters, and it said, let my pastor go. It was just, just like Moses, let my people go, right? And just uh, after two, less than two weeks, after uh, Ken Hovind's trial, where the, they had a hung jury and this biased judge, biased uh, prosecution attorney, biased IRS agent, special agent Scott Snyder, that courthouse was deemed unfit for use. And it, it, it's, it, the courthouse cost $10 million to build, and we, we are told that it will cost 20 to $30 million to fix it because of a mold infestation. And people have been, uh, people that work inside the courthouse have been complaining of headaches and dizziness and health issues. 
And so Julie, who held up that sign, let my pastor go, has made the statement, this is the first of many biblical plagues to come, let my pastor go. And I was like, way to go, Julie. We need to, you know, uh, I thought that was very appropriate. But that courthouse has been deemed unfit for use, and we don't know if the next trial will be held in that courthouse. We're still awaiting announcement about that. There's been talk about them moving it to some sort of uh, part of Florida called uh, Panama. Speaking of protesters, some man punched you in the face, Pastor Drake. That's something. <laughs> well, that was the other. That was the day before yesterday when we were over in Los Angeles at the FBI headquarters, uh, taking a stand there because they're not doing anything uh, to protect our children. And a guy walked up to me and just punched me in the face. Uh, I, I still don't know why. And I assure people on my TV show that I'm not wearing makeup. That redness on my face is not rouge. That redness is where the guy smacked me. And uh, so, uh, but we've got to expect that, you know. Jesus took that, and we just got to move on uh, with the punches and continue to stand for our Lord and Savior and stand uh, for what is right. Well, amen. And I think America is turning up the heat on believers in Jesus Christ, and there is more flagrant persecution. And Ken Tovin, I think you said it best, Rudy. You said one time, this isn't about really about Kent Hovind as much as it is about all of us. And, you know, there really are no natural solutions for spiritual problems. And I think that's where people really have to snap out of their trance here. This affects all of us, doesn't it? Amen. Amen, Sheila. Let me just quickly make a comment. You're absolutely right. This is not a, this, our, our battle is uh, n- not physical, but spiritual uh, in, pla- in places and high places. But let me just m- quickly make a point about the guy who smacked uh, Pastor Wiley Drake. In the Bible, we're told of an incident where there was a group of young men that mocked a uh, prophet Elijah, and God sent bears to deal with them. Uh, I think they, t- they tore them up. So uh, the man who decided to do that and go against Pastor Wiley Drake, I would be very concerned for his well-being at this point in time. Uh, to, to do that to a prophet, of, to, to do that to a godly man like Pastor Wally Drake. Yeah, the, but, the young kids that were teasing Elisha about his bald head. That's right. That's right. You don't mess with good godly men. God, God, uh, you know, God has his favorite children, and I have no doubt that God is very well pleased with Pastor Wally Drake. But going back to what you said, our battle is not physical. Uh, we, we, we will, you know, uh, the story that Ken Hovind gives is and when, uh, when God told Joseph there'll be seven years of famine and there'll be seven years of plenty, God didn't give Joseph a bag of groceries, right? God, God told Joseph, go prepare, you know, and, and I've heard Pastor Wally Drake say, do your best and let God do the rest. So we will do our best. We'll do everything within our power. We'll pray. Uh, we'll, we'll use our talents. We'll use our resources. We're not to just sit on the couch and say God's going to do everything. God didn't give Joseph a bag of groceries. He told him to prepare. So we are going to do things that we think will make a difference, but at the same time we are going to pray and we're going to ask God. Uh, we will do our best and we're going to pray to God and we're going to turn it over to God in the end and God will have to do the rest. No, Amen. we can't be these armchair Christians. That's absolutely not okay in this situation. And God says in the word, touch not my anointed. Well, I wouldn't want to be standing in Judge Rogers' booths or Tiffany's. <laughs> Amen. Amen to that. The biasness that Tiffany has exhibited, and I said before that in her closing argument, she she called uh, Pastor Ken Hovind greedy, and uh, she tried to convince that jury that Pastor Ken Hovind was motivated by, you know, his overarching motives and everything that he did was greed. The man took a vow of poverty. It's not greedy to try to get back ministry land that was illegally seized by the government, and the IRS has since come out and apologized for misapplying structuring laws to law-abiding citizens like Baptist ministers. So uh, it's absolutely 
horrific to sit there in the courtroom and watch Tiffany in action and her uh, body language and her accusatory tone and her come against this good godly man when people know, they know, you know, and, and Pastor Ken Hovind gave away his videos for free. He said, please distribute my video- videos. They're a gift from God. They're not mine anyway. I just want to win souls. This whole court case is a distraction for him. His entire focus has always been to win souls. He's won over seven so- 700 souls uh, since he's been incarcerated. And we we pray. You know, somebody said, well, maybe it's God will that, God's will that Ken Hovind would be in prison. And I, my response to that, God's perfect will is that we're all in the Garden of Eden. It's not God's perfect will that Ken Hovind rot in prison for the rest of his life. And God said that we can come together, ask, and you shall receive. And I would say that uh, it's okay for us to ask and make an appeal to the creator of the universe to let our brother out of his chains. And uh, there was many times where an angel broke Peter in the uh, book of Acts out of prison. So uh, it's, not a, it's not unbiblical to want our brother out of prison and to be reunited with his family and to, to work towards that effort. And for people who want to sit on the couch and say, well, it's God's will, and he must have done something wrong because he's in prison, that's the most unbiblical thing I can think of as far as activities going forward. And I praise God for the men and women, the brothers and sisters in the body of Christ who are taking a stand, who are doing an action. And I think many people are waking up and many people are being saved by seeing the examples of of Christians with a backbone. Amen. Go ahead, Pastor. A lot of times in court, we hear them using terms like will and maybe and shall, and and the word shall in the courtroom is a firm word. And the Bible says in uh, Psalms 109, when they shall be judged, not maybe, not coulda, shoulda, woulda, but when they shall be judged, they will be condemned. And that's exactly what's going to happen to those that will not stand, to those that touch God's anointed, not only poking somebody in the face, but literally poking this man in his career and charging him and putting him in a prison and all that's going on. And uh, we're going to be wearing orange jumpsuits in this holy week because orange jumpsuits are related to prison and to those that are being persecuted so you're going to see some of us wandering around in some prison attire, i.e. orange jumpsuits, in Washington, D.C., at the Supreme Court, at the Congress, and we're going to stand up and we're going to say, enough is enough, and you shall be judged. Amen. Absolutely. Amen. Well, what is the next steps in terms of, okay, so we're approaching Rudy May 18th. What needs to be done between now and then? I would say I would say we need to we need to educate ourselves about the case. Uh, go to freekenthoven.com. Go to twopeter3.com. But specifically under freekenthoven.com, there's a button called Free Kent. I would say not only educate yourself so that you can you know become aware of what's going on and being able to defend it, but print out brochures. Let's educate our pastors. Get people on camera. People can call me. People can send me an email to rud. D-A-V-I-S at yahoo.com. We're taking testimonies. Uh, we upload audio recordings from Ken Hovind at least once a day. Uh, he answers Bible questions. We're just trying to make noise and shine light just like Gideon's army. And we truly believe, and Pastor Hovind has always said this, that if we just get people to look at the case, and he has nothing to hide, he's not trying to, he, he wants full disclosure. He wants shine light, make noise, make the enemy fight amongst themselves just like in Gideon's fight. And it only took 300 for Gideon. But if you know, we, we want as many people as we can get that will stand up for, for righteousness. But what people can do, go to freekenthoven.com, click on that button, Free Kent, 
educate yourself, print out brochures, send Bible questions to me, look at Ken Hovind's Creation Science Evangelism videos, and we haven't stated this, I think, during the course of this call, but Ken Hovind's specialty, even though he talks about a variety of different topics, is he tears down that lie of evolution. If you have any friends or family members or people in your church that are uh, you know, deceived by the lie of evolution, you've got to go get uh, Pastor Ken Hovind's Creation Science Evangelism videos. Those are a gift of God. Even Ken Hovind says, uh, give them away for free, copy them, distribute them. And there's, I, I don't see how anybody could go through that eight-video series and at the end uh, not have questions and uh, be, be concerned about the lies we've been taught about evolution, that we are created by God Almighty and we are Amen. creatures of our rights come from God. And so uh, just educate yourself about the case, uh, Sheila, and, and let's, uh, let's get motivated to tell people about our brothers in the Lord. This is bigger than Ken Hovind. Ken Hovind wrote a book called The Kennel. It's on Lulu.com, and it, it exposes the United States prison industrial complex and what's really going on. And I think we have brothers and sisters all over this nation that are illegally incarcerated. And, uh, Amen. Well, yep. the irony is you have an anti-Christian and biased judge caught altering transcripts. She's been involved with some other very shady court cases, and she's calling Kent Hovind a head of a criminal organization. And after we're done this trial, I would like to see the IRS shut down because it just needs to get shut down plain and simple. It's okay for the IRS to arrest and seize over $20,000 from widowed senior citizens and you know being caught stealing a quarter of a billion from American people, abusing laws, you know, protecting drug money launderers and terrorists. But come on, like they're going after a non-501c3 minister that taught creationism. I mean, this just seems egregious to me. You know, yes, you, you sound like Ken Hovind, Sheila. He, he says shut the IRS down, too. And you say, why don't they want to let him get him out? Get him out? Why have they spent over half a million dollars, $500,000, to keep him in prison? He wants to shut down the IRS. <laughs> That's one of the reasons. And he's just like what you said. He wants to expose them for the corrupt organization that they are. And if he gets out, right now he's kind of limited because he has to come through that prison telephone system, and everything is recorded. He has this upcoming trial. But if they let that man walk out of prison, and knowing what he knows and if, you know the boldness that God has given him, he's going to be another man that will not bow the knee to bail, and he's going to continue to expose this uh, system. And, and that's one of the many reasons they don't want to let him get out. Well, and it's not just them, but Pamela Marsh and Tiffany Akers, I mean, they silenced jury and evidence. And then what's the J. Ryan Love? He protected violent felons who were employed by the ATF. I mean, it's just unbelievable what's going on here, Pastor Dre. Well, it is unbelievable, but we should know that that's what the devil is about, and that's what he's doing, and he's just rearing his ugly head. And he knows the time is short, and he knows a lot of people are going to die and go to hell with him. And uh, he's trying to stop as many of those that Kent Hobine and Wiley Drake and Rudy Davis and others can win to the Lord and uh, take them to heaven with them. And uh, the devil is fighting big time because he knows his time is short. We've been fasting and praying with our intercessory prayer team every week, and I really do believe that prayer is powerful, and I guess that's what I really urge people to do is be praying for Dr. Kent Hovind, folks. That's one of the things you can do. And another thing, of course, you can do is click on my website, go to the Legal Defense Fund, and do what you can. Kent Hovind, there's no doubt, Rudy, that he has impacted 
many, many of us. I mean, he was talking about the New World Order when no one was, and he has always stood for truth. And so it's the least we can do is stand for our Christian brother, make some noise. Like you said, Gideon's army was only 300. And it's not really the quantity of people, but it's the quality. And we have had those phone lines burning up for the past month at Congress, at Jeff Miller's office, at Amen. Judge Casey Rogers' office. And so I think we need to just continue to do that. And I really encourage people to get behind this. In the waning moments, Rudy, what else do you think is very imperative for the listeners to know? Uh, you know, you mentioned something, Sheila, and uh, I'm gonna, I, it just kind of caught my ear as you said it, but it was fasting, right? we we got to pray, but uh, uh, I'll just quickly say uh, it goes right alongside with fasting as well. And just be, you know, a couple of years ago, my, my pastor gave a sermon on fasting, and it made me mad. It was one of the few things. I love my food, right? But he said it's important to do, and I have learned in my own, in my own life personally how important fasting is. So I would say prayer fasting, asking the Lord for guidance as we go forward. Uh, we got to receive our guidance from his word, uh, holding the word up and studying it every single day before we go to sleep or picking a time to do that and just asking the Lord to guide us in this. And watch, watch the videos of Ken Hovind. Educate yourself about what's going on in the world and being the light that God wants us to be, being the salt and light of the earth so that we can help win souls and stand up for truth and justice. Pastor Drake, any final thoughts? Well, just that, uh, as it says on one of the social pages, our voice is their fight, and let us do that. Let our voice be a part of their fight, and we indeed are going to continue to do that. And there's a place there where you can support a frontline warrior. Some of these people that need to go down there need some support as well. So uh, get your pastor to go. Get your friends to go. Be there, and be what we call boots on the ground or prayer in the air. We can all be boots on the ground at times, but we can all always be prayer in the air. So don't ever forget that. Well, I hope they pack that courthouse on May 18th. I hope it's standing room only, and I really do hope that they make some noise. I really want to thank you both for everything you have done, particularly in this case. Rudy, I wish we all had a Rudy. (laughs) And amen Amen. to Pastor Drake, it's so amazing. You just don't back down. And I think it's amazing that there are a few men of God still preaching the word, uncompromised word of God, preaching the gospel, not watered down, lukewarm, light and fluffy cotton candy, but actually preaching the word of God and standing up for what's right. And we really need some bold men to stand up in this. And I really appreciate both of your efforts. Amen. Thank you so much. And we're getting more and more preachers coming on board. So praise God for that. Praise God for that. And I want to encourage people to go again to freekenthovend.com and bookmark that, get updates. You can see Rudy's YouTube channel there at Lone Star 1776. And again, Rudy, thank you so much for doing that YouTube channel, giving everybody updates. You and Aaron, your wife, have just worked tireless. And I thank God for you both. Both their information is linked there at weekendvigilante.com as well as the link for the Legal Defense Fund. I want to see that money pouring in. I want us to reach our goal. I pray for that. In the last final seconds, Pastor, if you wouldn't mind just leading us in a prayer, we can all bow our heads and say a prayer for Pastor Hovind. Father, I pray this prayer that our friends in D.C. gave us. I will answer God's call to fall on my knees in humility, and seek his face in repentance so that he can forgive 
my sin and heal our land. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. 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 Thank you again, gentlemen. Folks, please go to weekendvigilante.com. Click on today's date and donate at this legal defense fund. If you were rotting behind bars egregiously and flagrantly persecuted, wouldn't you hope that there were good, decent men and women of God fighting for you, fighting in your court? Everyone can do something. And we are accountable for shoulder shrugging. I really believe that God will ask us one day why we did nothing. And I know for a fact that every person listening can do something. So I ask you today to search your heart, dig deep down in your pockets and do what you can. And I know God will bless your efforts. This is a very serious issue, folks, and it affects us all. So again, please click on the link for the Legal Defense Fund. And also you can reach out to Coach Dave Dobmeyer. Thank him for his efforts to set everything up. Our group, Friends of Kent Hoven, have worked tirelessly to do what we can. And I'm asking for you to also do your part. Tomorrow we have a powerful show with Minister Carla Boutad. And next week we have Dr. Jonathan Hansen from World Ministries International, Juliana Tamaruzi, the founder of the Iraqi Christian Relief Council, and many more great guest folks. Today I leave you with one of my favorite short clips. It's called Kent Hoven versus Bill Nye, the science guy. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. The video is linked there on today's show info. Thanks so much for tuning in tonight, folks. Good night and God bless. Once in a while, I get people that really, or that claim they don't believe in evolution. And my response generally is, why not? Really, why not? You guys believe 20 billion years ago there was a big bang where nothing exploded and produced everything. 4.6 billion years ago, the earth cooled down, made a hard rocky crust. It rained on the rocks for millions of years, turned them into soup, and the soup came alive. Three billion years ago, found somebody to marry. And something to eat, of course, and slowly evolved into everything we see today. There are some lies in our science books. Taught it for 15 years. Even though I'm not teaching it anymore, I still like to study. It's so many neat things to learn. I'm not against science. I'm not against schools. I'm not against teachers. Because most of them don't know what they believe. You have to tell them. They teach the kids it all started with the Big Bang 20 billion years ago. What exploded? This is what the textbooks teach. Before the Big Bang, there was nothing. Literally nothing. An infinitesimal nugget of space. And then something happened, triggering the most colossal explosion in history. Yes, boys and girls, you see, nothing exploded, and uh, here we are. So I asked this professor if I could ask him some questions about the Big Bang. I said, where did all this matter come from? He said, well, we don't know that for sure. I said, well, sir, would you please tell me where the laws came from? The universe is run by laws, gravity, centrifugal force, inertia. Who gave the laws? He said, we don't know that either. I said, sir, could you tell me where the energy came from? You know, it takes energy to make a big bang. Who bought the gas to run this machine anyway? Hmm? He said, we don't know that either. I said, "Uh, sir, could I ask you another question? He said, sure. What else would you like to know? (laughs) What do you mean else? You haven't told me nothing yet. I said, does Berkeley have a merry-go-round? You see, if a spinning object breaks apart in a frictionless environment, the fragments will all spin the same direction. The professor said, yes, I understand about the conservation of angular momentum. I said, well, good. I'd like to ask you a question then, sir. If the whole universe began as a swirling dot, like you said, why do two planets spin backwards? He said, that's interesting. I said, no, that's more than interesting. It's kind of hard on your Big Bang Theory. Not only that, six of the moons are spinning backwards. Why? He said, I don't know. Why do you think they're going backwards? Uh, I was hoping he was going to ask that. I said, okay, now, sir, hold it. If I told you that I believe God created the heaven and the earth like the Bible teaches, you're going to say, and where did God come from? 
And I don't know. But you said, well, we don't know that for sure. We don't know that either. We don't don't tell me my theory is religious and yours is science. Oh, no, sir. They're both religious. Evolution is a religion. So you have to believe. So ask the professor, where did the matter come from? He said, I don't know. So basically, I believe in the beginning God and you believe in the beginning dirt. <laughs> One professor was getting kind of upset about this time. He said, uh, Mr. Hoven, there are hundreds of varieties of dogs in the world. He said, you mean to tell me that you believe all these dogs came from two dogs off a of Noah's Ark? You expect me to believe that? I said, sir, you're teaching your students that all the dogs in the world came from a rock. Charles Darwin was disciplined. I mean, he did these extraordinary experiments, this series of experiments. Then they're going to tell the kids, well, we have evidence for this theory. Charlie Darwin stopped off at these islands right there called the Galapagos Islands. Charlie studied the birds very carefully and said, you know what? I think all these birds had a common ancestor. I bet you're right, Charlie. It was a bird. You see 14 kinds of birds, and you conclude that birds and bananas are related. Here are these ancient dinosaur bones or fossils. They tell the kids they have evidence of evolution from fossils. I don't think so. If you find a fossil in the dirt, all you know is it died. You don't know that it had any kids. And you sure don't know that it had different kids. You bring in a bone to the judge. Judge, I found this bone in the dirt. This is the ancestor of all the humans today. (laughs) They would laugh at you. You don't know that that's the ancestor of anybody. And why on earth would you think a bone in the dirt can do something animals today cannot do? They'll say, boys and girls, you have two bones in your wrist, radius and ulna. And boys and girls, look at the whale's flipper carefully. Did you know the whale has two bones in his flipper and they're called the radius and the ulna? Same as ours. Wow. Who named them, teacher? Think about it. Evolution say people came from monkeys. And the question is, why is there still monkeys? Is these the retarded monkeys? They didn't turn into people just yet. Even Stephen Gould admitted the absence of fossil evidence for intermediary stages is a persistent and nagging problem for evolution. See, what's happened, these guys have looked for missing links in the, in the fossil record. They can't find any. And so they say, well, maybe evolution happened so fast it wasn't preserved. Maybe a reptile laid an egg and a bird hatched out. Well, who did that bird marry? This process that brought us to be is billions of years old. It happens very fast. Billions of years fast. Here is... Um, Radioactivity. We're going to tell the kids in the late 1940s they invented carbon dating. We're going to explain a little bit about radiometric dating and how it's supposed to work and then show you that it does not work, okay? It sounds good, but there are some assumptions that mess everything up. If we had walked into a room and found a candle burning on the table and I asked you the question, when was it lit? You said, I don't know, Mr. Holman, it's burning when I got here. Okay, well then let's do some empirical science. Let's measure the height of the candle. Suppose the candle is seven inches tall. Who can tell me when it was lit? Okay, nobody. Let's do some more empirical science. Let's measure the rate of burn. Suppose we determine it's burning an inch an hour. When was it lit? You're going to have a hard time telling me unless you're willing to make some assumptions. You find a fossil in the dirt. You can measure how much C14 is in it. Very accurately, by the way. And you can measure how fast it's decaying. That's just like measuring the height of your candle and how fast it's burning. Now, when did that animal die? You don't have a clue. Here's what you ought to consider about carbon dating. Samples of known age, it doesn't work. If it's a sample of unknown age, it is assumed to work. It's just really a hard thing. It's, it's really a hard thing. Your world just becomes fantastically complicated 
when you don't believe in evolution. Freshly killed seal, carbon dated 1,300 years old. Shells from living snails, carbon dated 27,000 years old. Living penguins, carbon dated 8,000 years old. One part of Nima was 40,000 years old, another part was 26,000, and the wood next to it is 9,000. They say each of the layers is a different age. You know, Cenozoic, Mesozoic, Paleozoic, Archaeozoic, all them Zoic boys. Now, if you get a petrified tree standing up, running through different rock layers, I don't think it's smart to say those layers are vastly different ages. Those trees did not get slowly covered by the sediments over millions of years. I was taught when I went to school, man used to have a tail, but he lost it because he didn't need it. I thought, didn't need it? Have you ever thought how handy a tail would be? Have you ever come to the door with two sacks of groceries? Wouldn't that be nice, man, be able to grab that door and walk right around and get in? <laughs> Lost it because we didn't need it. Man, you could drive the car and tune the radio knob and hold the Coke at the same time. What we're finding is that natural selection seems to be an incredibly important factor in generating new species. Natural selection, the key evolutionary mechanism Darwin identified. The bad designs get eaten by the good ones, and so all you have is good ones. Natural selection doesn't cause any evolution. It makes sure the bad ones don't survive, but it's not going to change it to something else. If you worked in a factory that produced cars, and your job was to check for defects, and you caught every single mistake, and you rejected it, how long would it take that process to change the car to an airplane? You say, it'll never change it. That's my point. All you get in this life is a little bitty dash between two dates. What are you going to do with your dash? Where would you go if you die? Now, if you're not sure you're going to heaven, you ought to give your heart to the Lord and get saved. Say, Lord, you may have it, the whole thing. If you are saved, you ought to find something to do for the Lord. And you ought to quit worrying about getting a fancier car and a fancier house and start worrying about who's going to heaven or hell. God loves you and He wants you to come to heaven. And if you'd like to find out how to go to heaven, come see me. I'll be glad to show you.